leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. This is Renee Small. We are here with episode 17 of Breaking LinkedIn with Breaking into Cybersecurity in Hacker Valley Studio. Like I said, I'm Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter here with wonderful special guests today. We will go around the room. Chris Cochran, take it over. How's it going, everybody? One half of Hacker Valley Studio podcast. Glad to be here. Chris Spoline. Uh, hi, everyone. Co-host and um, senior security consultant. Happy to have um, our featured guest today, Marcus. Yes. And uh, Ron Eddings Ron. here, um, also co-host of Hacker Valley Studio. We have a lot of co-hosts here. Um, security <laughs> architect by day and a really good friend of uh, Marcus Carey. I'm, I was, I was uh, surprised that you were joining us today. True pleasure to have you. That's funny. Um, yes, it's good to be here. Uh, I don't know if people know, but I've known Ron since he was 17 years old mm. and before he even was in the cybersecurity. So <laughs> I, first time I saw Ron, uh, he had a he had a CCNA book and he was studying the CCNA. Yeah. And uh, and it was that we, we met at a actually a public broadcasting studio. So this is very similar. This whole vibe. He was working, working part time there. And uh he was he had a CCNA book. And I was like, what's you doing with a CCNA book? You know? <laughs> and um and I pretty much told him, hey I'm I'm really into tech. And uh man, I've been I've been I've been uh we've hung out a lot even when he was young. So it's it's just it's so awesome to see Ron and how, how awesome he is doing in his career. So knowing somebody up and I, I look at him as almost like a nephew. So yeah. we're really tight. I don't know if people know that, but that's my that's my guy. Yeah, what would you say is the biggest change you've seen in him over the years? Uh he he, he got a lot more muscle. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 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 So that's the big biggest change, but yeah, yeah, yeah still the same Rondo. Cool. I love Thank that. You. Love I always love it. hearing origin stories. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. I can't believe it. But I'm like I'm very I'm like super lucky in that way that I, I mentor a lot of people and and so um I mentor a lot of people and, and um and it's just it's just good to see people winning and, and being successful. So it's something I've done my whole life. And it's just like it starts adding up. So I always encourage people to, you know, mentor people and help people out. And cause you never know. And Ron's like one of the people I was like, I point to my boy Ron. I was like, look, this is my guy. He's killing it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's one of my experiments. <laughs> <laughs> it's always yep. so good to have a mentee that soars, and then you, you yep. can say that's the example, you know? Yeah, Look right. at what Ron did. I tried to tell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exactly. Exactly. Marcus, how do you find good men? How, how do your mentees find you? Or how do you find mentees? Man, I'm I'm a weirdo. I, I, I used to have my bio that I'm a compulsive mentor person. So when I see people trying to win, and it's the same way with my kids too. If I find somebody that that if I find somebody that that's trying to do something, uh, and they really earnestly trying to do it, I'll support the heck out of them. And so uh, I used to have you know me, Ron, and a couple other people. Some people are, are you know think of one person that's really crushing it too. That uh, I met nerd around the time as Ron. And I, I used to bring people together. I used to teach them cybersecurity, used to teach them code. So there's a lot of there's a lot of Rons out there <laughs> that that I've helped. Uh, so it's just like if I'm I see somebody that's earnestly trying to do it, I it, it like hey let me let me help you out. And so on the tech game and security game, you know, um, I just like to help people out. But it could be anything. So that's just my personality is is just doing that. And so I learned that and it seems to work and I've, I've been able to help a lot of people and, and be a blessing to a lot of people. And I just encourage everybody else to do it too. That's what the whole tribe, that's what the tribe of hackers books all about too, by the way, it's just sharing information like that. What about your, your mentors? Who were, who were some of your mentors and how did you uh, get in linked, linked up with them? So, uh, you know, I'm that, I was that annoying kid growing up. I used to ask questions all the time. And I used to answer all the questions all the time, too. So I was that kid in class. If the teacher asked, you know, my hand was going up. Hey, you know, hey, pick me, pick me, you know. And uh, so I always, you know, I think that I was just built a certain way. And and and, and I've always gravitated towards, like, smart people. And, I, and uh, so, like, sometimes people are intimidated to smart people. But I would always gravitate towards them and ask them questions. So I tell people I ask more questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. So I'm never afraid to ask questions. And that's what I recommend people do. Ask more questions. And you get more, you you, you start asking more questions and and then you get more answers. And so uh, a couple of my mentees, as y'all know, I worked I worked at NSA for a while. And uh, one of my top mentees, uh, you know, shout out to my man Eric Booth. Eric was an NSA guy. Uh, he's retired now, but um he was the first, and and you know, you know, I'm black. If you didn't notice, um, <laughs> he's the first brother that I that I met that was like a hardcore technologist, and um, you know, he's probably about Eric's probably about 10, 15 years older than me, maybe maybe about twenty years older than me. But he, I, he's, I used to go over his house, and uh, I used to go over his house, and he used to really like he he had everything before it came out. Uh, he, it was so dope. I mean, Linux, any kind of OS, any kind of routers, all that stuff. He had that at his house, and so he made me start building up a lab. And then, and even at work, he did R and D for NSA. And at NSA, you get software before anybody gets it. Like so, we had like VMware. We had VMware. We had like, like all kind of stuff that like this, that wasn't even out. <laughs> we had in our lab in in a lab at, at Fort Meade, and um. So I was like, I knew stuff that was going to come out and blow before it even happened. So I had like a little unfair advantage, but 
Eric was a brother, and he and he just took me under his wing, and, and he just showed me uh, all this new technology. And so uh, I I did I followed his footsteps. I did a I did a master's degree from from the same college. So he was he, that that is my number one mentor. So, so that's a question that we, we've been talking about for a while. Um, education, certification, experience. Um, what, what are your views on that? Um, so, you know, I'm like, look, uh, when I was growing up, um, I was taught that hey, you need to be educated. You have to have a degree. Uh, you know, I was the, I was like super poor growing up. Uh, and so I didn't, have no, I didn't have no money or nothing like that. And so the, the thing that I did was um, I, I wanted to make sure I always quote a Jay-Z line. Jay-Z said, put me anywhere on God's green earth and I'll triple my worth. So I, I wanted to knock out all kind of certifications, all kind of degrees. So I got like mad certifications and mad degrees. But I don't think you really need that now. Um, I don't think you need it as much. But but the reality is. I'm, I'm black, and sometimes being black, you have to be overqualified. People might not want to hear that or not. You got to just put in work. So I don't know if people would really look at me if I didn't have the education, but I also have the skills too. So mm. it's important to have education, but um, it's also important to have skills. So um, and that's something I've always emphasized to people. Yeah, get your get the education, but get skills. So now I don't think you necessarily have to be uh, – you don't have to have all those certs, but there's so many ways to show your expertise. You can blog, you can do a podcast, you can do something like there's so many ways to establish your expertise. Yeah. And so when I was coming up, I just wanted to check all the boxes. But, you know, I want to code certification, lab, you know, whatever you want to do. Like, and and that's what and like right now, you know, I'll challenge anybody. I was like, you know, me and you go into a room with a clean laptop and then see who comes out with some beast code or product or something. And so that's, I just have to be OP when it comes to the technology. And that's how my, my, my idea is I'm stacking the deck. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, I'm not trying, I'm not playing no games. If me and you going for the same job, I, I feel bad for you. Mm. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that I a lot. It. And one one thing I think of, and this is a lyric I think of all the time, is Busta Rhymes. If I ain't going to be part of the greatest, I got to be the greatest myself. And I think of that in a, in a couple ways, especially when I look at you, because I, I think you're a part of other communities as well, sort of like the the old school hacker community. But then I think you also built a community yourself. Do you want to touch on that for a little bit? Yeah, so funny enough, and this is going to be somewhat controversial. I tweeted about this before. I mean, the old school hacker community, the old school hacker community didn't want nothing to do with me. They, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's a different community right now than it was when I grew up. It's some still some of these old heads out there. Right. But when I was when I was coming up, they didn't want to share anything. Like straight up, they, they I was an outsider. I was a total outsider. You know. You know, plus I guess some people are skeptical of people that work at NSA and stuff too, so that might be a factor. But the truth is, when I came up, like, and I'm, I like to, I like to, I'm like a mythbuster, right? So when I came up, I thought all these hackers had all these skills, quote unquote mm-hmm. hackers. I'm using air quotes like a month. Right. <laughs> so I thought they were so amazing, and they had these names, people speaking at Black Hat, Defcon, and then when I would meet these cats. 
they didn't have no skills. It was right. it blew my mind. I'm like, how did you come up? I'm like that's that's absolutely amazing. And so, um, hey, people don't get pissed, but I don't really care. There's a lot of people I heard that talking about the hackers and they don't got no skills. Right. right? And um, and and so that that's what blew my mind. And so the reason why I'm telling you this is don't believe the hype. Don't believe that you're not good enough. Don't believe the stuff. None of this stuff's magic. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite easy to, it's quite easy to learn. You just got to figure out how you learn best. Mm-hmm. And so how I, and so with that, since I, so get back to the question, Chris, is the, the, I thought the community rejected me and rejected mm-hmm. people that were around me. And so when I come up, I'm, I'm the same Marcus. So I'm trying to bring as many people along to the parties again. Right. right? So that's why I like, in a weird way, this whole tribe of hackers thing, it, some people hate on it, like the same kind of people that was hating on me at the beginning. But there's been like this all this love and outpouring from the tribe of hackers community is absolutely amazing. And like what's crazy about the, the whole tribe of hackers book is that some of the people in the book, they didn't have really big names or they, they didn't really have they weren't popular in the social context. Um but they're they are amazing in their own right, and so in some cases we gave people shine that normally wouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I know people got speaking engagements, people got book deals, people got all kind of. There's all these byproducts, and and people can now look to people, you know, women, you know, uh, you know. There's you know there's a ton of people that in the book that other people can identify with now that they wouldn't have had before. Uh, so it's been an amazing uh, thing. And uh, and I love all hackers. If you're an old hacker, I still love you. But like I said, when I came when I came in the game, nobody was trying to hear me. And I still, mm. I still so and I, yeah, I might sound like I have a chip on my shoulder. Yeah, I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm trying to mm. win. And so <laughs> right, okay, I'm, that's just what it is. Yep. Do, Marcus, do you still? Did, oh, go ahead. Why did they? Um, why weren't you let in? Or why did you know with the old school group? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's so many fake people out here that really don't know what they're doing. And I think they don't want to be revealed, right? So, and I found this at work. The people that I asked questions and they told me, they actually knew what they said they were doing. The people that hoard information typically don't know what they're doing. And so people don't want to be revealed as frauds. And I'm not talking about imposter syndrome, right? And, you know, it's people out there really pretending that they're amazing and they know everything, and most of the time, those people are clueless. Mm. Uh, so, so it's not impossible. So, imposter syndrome. Most of the time, if you think you're an imposter, that's what I tell people. If you think, if you think you're an imposter, you're probably not an imposter because that means you have some kind of conscious and you're trying to win, and you know that you don't know a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that people uh, people want to hold on to their positions, and they don't. Sometimes they don't know what they're doing, and and they don't want they want they don't want to be revealed. So when I go around, I skirt. I think I'm 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 a threat to people, man. You know, I'm I'm really about this life. <laughs> so if you guys run, like like you talk about coding, let's code. You talk about TCPIP, <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's talk whatever what whatever it is. And so sometimes people feel threatened by that. And so I don't I'm I'm not a threat. If anything, I'm one of those OGs that's gonna help you on and put you on. 
but sometimes uh, it comes across as a, as, as a threat, and and people that don't know what they're doing, they scared of me. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I remember when you first dropped the book, <laughs> and there was like some some people on Twitter talking about, oh, these people in the book aren't necessarily experts because I've never seen their their work before, and it's like, well, this is this is the reason why, you know, this is mm. they haven't had a platform now; they have a platform to present, you know, their ideas, their thoughts, and provide that diversity across outside of just people that are OGs in the in the field. Yeah, you know, I'm very intentional. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Chris. Uh, I was going to say, do you feel that there's still a, a lack of imagination for some people to see themselves in the industry and that's something that we still need to change? Yeah, I think that, that people think it's a bunch of magic and all that stuff and they think it's beyond our reach. And I tell people to just keep on at it. Like, you know, I'm a country boy, you know, I, you know, I grew up in, I was born in my grandmother's house. So you can't get more country than me. I was the poorest kid I knew growing up. I didn't have no technology. Like some people were born with a lot of computers and stuff around them, like my kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like when I was growing up, I didn't have, I didn't have nothing. And so what I want people to understand is you don't have to come from some crazy background to, to be able to, like you're good enough. And so you can start, you can start at one, one area and then keep on picking stuff up as you go. I didn't know TCP IP. I didn't know internet working. I didn't know hacking. I didn't know Metasploit. I didn't learn. I, I had to learn all that stuff. Over, you know, you keep on learning. It's a continuous learning thing. And so cybersecurity is interesting because you always have to learn You because there's always new type of technology. Yeah. But my, my, my tip though is, Learn the basics super well. Learn how the things work from underneath and then build your knowledge on top of that. Because every time something comes out, if, if once you get into this, you've seen it before. You know, oh, it's a new language. Like right now, I'm in a Golang, right? But I'm good, I'm good at Golang because I already knew I, I've been programming other languages. Mm -hmm. um, you know, React's out. I knew JavaScript, so I could jump in there and do React. Um, um, but yeah, so... That's what I'm saying. Just jump in there. Nobody knows everything. Don't be intimidated. Um, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that people should definitely take away from all of this is what you said in the very beginning is like when you first got started, there was a lot of people that didn't have the skills. They had like the 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 certifications maybe and the name, but no skill set. I think it's also the same for people breaking into security. Um, they might have the degree, they might have a few certs, but if you show up to that job interview without the skill set and you get asked some tough questions about programming, TCP IP, you're going to be exposed. So I think that that's a huge and valuable takeaway to not only do your education, but make sure your skill set is tight. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is tumble down that rabbit hole and you'll, you'll find out what they are soon enough. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a student today, Some <laughs> a real student. I love this. So people, we shout out people who come all the time. So Dr. Georgia Bailey is here. Um, Kevin said this is powerful. Um, Jamal says that we've been doing, provi providing, an invaluable experience, providing an invaluable experience in this space. Keep it up. And then Marcus, people are just like, you are the truth that you're dropping jewels. Marcus <laughs> is the truth. 
Back then, they didn't want you. Now they hot. <laughs> they all up on you now. That's the Texas thing right there. <laughs> Every, everyone is flocking to Texas, too. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Nothing beats understanding and building on the fundamentals. So, you know, people, I think, really, really appreciate this candid conversation, um, especially, you know, some of the things that, that you've been saying, Marcus, overall. Um, so are there any other um, questions anybody else wants to add before I jump in again? Yes. Uh, Marcus, when it came to the Tribe of Hackers books, you had the original, you had the, red uh, you had the red team, which was the original, then the blue team and the leadership one. Um, are there any common threads that you notice all throughout all the different um, series that you feel that is is just so instrumental that people need to know. Well, and can I add a, a question before that question that'll lead into that? What made you start it? Is it because that you saw all these people out here that weren't getting the the you know the notoriety not notoriety but you know the people didn't realize that all of these various people were hackers? I'm just curious as to what made you start the Tribe of Hacker book in the beginning, the first one to start with. Yes, yeah, certainly, uh, definitely based off the experience. Like I said, there's a like when I first when I when I did that book, uh, the first one, um, I noticed that sometimes people were intimidated by me even, and even like sometimes people think I have a name or a stature in the industry, and um, and so people are sometimes intimidated, uh, and I and I see it. I see people if I go to a conference, I'll see people, you know, wanting to come holler at me, and and then like I have friends that there's a lot of people that are flocking around them. I mean, if you if you go to a conference and you see somebody like Kevin Mitnick or something walking down the hall or, or Bruce Schneier, it, it's like a convoy of people trying to meet them. All right. So um, and so I was like, well, I, I have some friends that I have that are kind of influencers and I have a lot of friends that know a lot of good stuff. And people ask me all the time, you know, if, if you follow me on Twitter, one of the things I've always done is like people ask me, how do you get in security? Right. How do you do this? How do you do that? And I'm always answering and I'm always in my DMs. My DMs are always open, too. And so I'm always helping people out. And so what I did is I took away the knowledge that I had. Like, hey, man, it'd be great if I could get all my friends takes on these, too. Mm -hmm. And it was inspired by this. Uh, Tim Ferriss wrote this book called uh, Tribe of Mentors. In that book, he, he has a lot of celebrity friends. Well, Marcus, I don't I don't have any celebrity friends. Right. Uh, but I have a lot of hacker friends, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, man, this format would be great because, like, people ask me these questions all the time, and they would want to ask other people. Like, some of the people in my in the book are legit, you know, you know, pretty big in technology in general. And like, there's people that are multi million millionaires and whatnot in the book, and and there's people just starting off in the book. So you get this diverse uh, set of people. And so then you end up getting there's somebody that you can relate to or there's somebody that you're looking up to. And so that's why uh, we, we we did the book. And what's crazy. And this is why I say people need to follow their vision and you need to be able to visualize something and, and do it like. And so here's the deal. When when I first started the first Tribe Hackers book, I had in mind that it was going to be four books. This was all done two years ago. This was in my head. I knew that there was going to be four books. 
So 100%. So this, this there's power in you, you, you know, visualizing people say manifesting. It might seem cheesy, but I'm telling you like have goals and you can, and you're going to be able to reach those, those goals. And if you don't have no goals, you're going to, you're going to miss every time. Right. So, um, so we got this, the blue team book is about to come out and, um, it's, it's going, it's hot. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's hot. And, uh, you know, and yes, yeah, it's, it's like the common thread though, Chris is, is the humanity. Um, because people generally, most people want to help people. And so that, that kind of person that I said that I always gravitated for, I mean, gravitated to, those are the kind of people that are featured in the books. Those are the people that, that want to share their knowledge or want to share, share their text. Is their take right or wrong? That's not, that's not even the point really. <laughs> it's like, but you have a, this wide lens of like a humanity and they want to help people out. And, and, and what, what happens is that it's a whole, it's a whole snowball effect of that's the thing about travel hackers. It's been a snowball effect in a, as a positive change in our industry culture, whether people like it or not, that's, that's what it is. It, the positive change is we want to help people out and we want people to win. Right. And we want to be good. We want to be good to everybody. And that's to me, that's the common trait in the tribe of, tribe of hackers. There's definitely some tech stuff in the books, but mostly it's about, look, we're all human. I didn't know what I was doing when I was coming up either. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's what I've learned along the way. That's what the books that's what the golden nuggets are in the books. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that in the books, you have people answering the same question, but there isn't a consensus across those questions. <laughs> you got different perspectives and different ways of looking at a problem. And I think that's one of my favorite aspects of the books. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. And like I said, you know, shout out to Tim Ferriss, uh, because I, I saw that and, and that's that model was based off. Uh, that book and it's and it, it's worked out. I mean, I've told, I've had people say, "I'm in the cybersecurity now. I have this career now," and like I'm like, man, it is such a blessing to be a part of it. And like I said, you know, shout out to all the contributors. Uh, I'm just kind of like a, you know, a conduit, like a vessel that was able to get everybody, get all the stars aligned, and get those books done. I'm really happy about it. Yeah, and I think uh, we almost missed out on the three little hackers and thinking code. Were did you did you do the same visualization for those? Did you already have them planned out? And like, I know that I want to do this, and I just got to put the plan in place. For everyone that doesn't know, those are the children's books. My my yep. son now wants to code all his homework, so I I, I told him the story. Yeah, <laughs> I told yeah, him the so... story about your son, Marcus. Please tell us more about that. Yeah. So, um, so, so, uh, again, so most of the things I do in life is based off what people tell me. And, and I learned like people say, Hey, how did you teach your son how to code? And then, so I was like, this is how I taught my son how to code. Uh, I kind of, you know, gave him something that he, I get, I go through this thing. Basically, if you want your, your kid to code, you have to be able to give them something that they care about solving. And this is the same for adults. And so, but people sometimes struggle with like how does it how does coding work and how does memory work and how does all this stuff work? And so um so I had it in my mind 
a year ago, that hey, it's probably oh, well, well over a year ago. I was like, man, I could write a children's book and tell people and to teach kids how it kind of works uh, in, in their in their mind. And I had I had an idea to to use their their memory as memory, and so then I started looking for a, a, an illustrator, and like like I, I I couldn't find an illustrator. So what I did is I bought I bought my own drawing pad. And I drew everything myself. So I drew all the images and did all the design myself. Again, get, get into your mind. Oh, so I paid for an online illustration course. And I start taking my own illustration course. So you're never too old to learn and never too old to pick up uh, new skills. So um, now my, so in the future, uh, so basically I did that book, Thinking Code. Uh, Thinking Code is awesome. Um, because it, it it tells kids how how code works and it allows it's going to make coding more approachable and I, and I know it's worked because of the feedback that I've got and also wrote a book to keep keep kids on safe online called the three little hackers where it's an adaptation of the three little pigs and and the three little pigs they you know they built three different houses so basically I put three three uh, little pigs in three different security scenarios mm. um, Three cybersecurity scenarios, and 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 the wolf is the hack is the bad hacker. The black hat is trying to get them, and so uh, illustrated and, and drew that book too. So I tell you what, so everything you learn in life is going to benefit you. I actually was pretty good at drawing uh, earlier. I took those illustration classes, and now I know that I learned a lot more about Photoshop. So my presentations in the future are going to be fire. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like that's how that's how. Uh, it's a question up here, though. You want, we want to take that? Yeah. Let's a question from him. Yep. So can you speak to the value of interpersonal and management skills needed for security implementation and governance, leadership, change management, experience, et cetera? That's from Jamal. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you what, like, and, and I, I take a very, I'm such a nerd. I, I take a, but I think that it's probably because I was in the military, too. So I. What I've always been able to do is when, when I've been been leading teams or, or, and and things of that nature, is always always try to have a deep understanding of how it works. You don't have to know everything as far as like getting down to the keyboard, but you got to know what you're asking of your people to do, whether it's compliance and somebody talking about governance. So when I actually did some government contracting back in the day too, so if we did scans and we we saw vulnerabilities and we were out of compliance or whatever. What I what I could do because I'm, I'm quite technical. I would actually not just send some people send those uh, some people send those those uh, scans and things of that nature. They send them over the wall to the hey Windows team fix this, hey uh, Linux team fix this, uh, hey firewall team fix that. And but but what I would do is I would I would go in like all right boom this is this is the failures, and I had the expertise to like oh my, the I could go and sit down with the Unix admins and I'd be like, Hey, this is how you do this. Boom. This is how you solve this problem. Right. So, and also like if you're working on a, in a big organization, I would have relationships with everybody in those organizations. Uh, like Linux. I mean, like I said, Linux admins, windows admins have, have developed relationships where you're just not shouting down at them and all that stuff develop authentic relationships so you can actually help them out. So you're helping them do their job in a secure way. 
sometimes people have an adversarial relationship with cybersecurity people, right? And so you don't want that. You don't want that to, to be. You wanna you wanna help them do their job, and you wanna help them do it in a secure way. Because sometimes that's all they need is a little bit of help or guidance on where to get the resource from. Sounds like you hack the process all the time. Oh uh, yeah, man. It's just all about. <laughs> man, life is about life is about being good with people, and like even like in those crazy situations, like my end goal is like if you work with me. Uh, and that's what I tell my employees when I when I ran my company. I want to make you better at what you do when, when you leave here. So you know, salespeople that work with me at Threat Care are beast salespeople wherever they at. Sales engineers are beast people wherever they at. I'm just I just want to help develop people. Um, and somebody asking about Threat Care. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm I'm once too, and Marcus, we 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 uh. We shout out these questions because sometimes it's going to be it is a podcast on iTunes, too. So they can't read it or they might be listening and not um, visualizing. So, Marcus, can you tell us about the success story of Threat Care and how and why did you start it? Yeah. So um, when I was at one, one of the jobs. It's, it's like, here's the deal. Like many times your superpower is right there in front of your face and you don't see it. And like my superpower uh, throughout my career is is understanding how things work, like systems work, and understanding how to test those systems in in, in order. So so that's been my superpower because everywhere I go, eventually I end up in that role. So I've worked at government agencies where uh, when I was at NSA, I did this program called Coyote, and that program was to test out cybersecurity tools. Then I went over to C, then that, that was when I was CSC, uh, and then uh, I went to CSC and I. I eventually was teaching people how to do forensics, but that 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 required me to set up like a cyber range. I I'm, I might have set up like one of the earliest cyber ranges ever. This was like over ten years ago uh, for the government, and so I taught I taught law enforcement agents how to do offensive te- offensive penetration testing type stuff, and I taught them forensics. Uh, so. Then I went to the next place and I was I was testing all their security products before they implemented them, doing all the bake-offs and stuff. So the thing was, I'm good at teaching people, right? I'm good at putting technology together and testing it. And so wherever I go, I end up doing the same thing. So pay attention to your superpower, right? Uh, my superpower on, on, on Twitter is people come ask me a lot of questions about how they do their career, how they do red team, how they do red team. that turned into tribe hackers, mm-hmm. right? Threat care, threat care came from me testing all these these different things. Me doing all these bake offs for for uh, I did it for the government. I did all these bake offs, all these different products. So I built. I wanted to automate the, those things that I was doing. I wanted to take Marcus and put Marcus in in, in software to be able to test stuff out. And so, and that's where that's how I created my company. Always listen to what what you're. You want to have credibility in what you do. And I now I mentor a lot of business people and I, and I tell them, like, what do you do best? Like, what do you do naturally? Like, I naturally teach. I could teach all day. I could mentor people all day. That's nothing. And so what are you better at? What's your superpower? Uh, so I kind of look at myself as the black uh, Charles Xavier. Uh, do y'all see, see this? Do y'all see all the Marvel stuff up there? <laughs> yeah. In the back? 
So I'm a big Marvel fan. So I, I think I'm the black Professor X. So <laughs> when I work for people, I actually say, look, what's your superpower? How do we harness that? And how do we how do we make, make that your multiplier? So mm-hmm. the, the challenge is find your superpower. It could be a company. It could be a series of books. Like I'm good at explaining how to code. That's a book. I'm good at talking about cybersecurity awareness. That's a book. I'm good at uh, getting at getting people together and getting them to share information. That's four books. <laughs> so, so that that's 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 how life is. Figure out what you're best at. Yeah. Julius wants to know if you're accepting any more mentees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a compulsive. I'm a compulsive mentor. Hit me up on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is. Uh, my LinkedIn is Marcus Carey. LinkedIn slash N slash Marcus Carey. Uh, yeah. No J. I think so they Marcus, should be able to click it right from here, too. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm crazy. You um, are going to have zillions of people <laughs> <laughs> reaching out because that's probably our number one question. That's, yeah, that's what I do. So I, I, so I'm going to give you tasks. Some people do it. Some people don't. Like, like Ron know how it works. I mean, like I, you ask me something, I'm gonna give you the information. Usually, see what people do with the information. They they come back to me. Sometimes I, some sometimes it's it's great because sometimes I give people a gym and they run off and they build something crazy and like you know I've had you know I'm just I'm just so lucky like to be a part of some people's story. Like you know I've seen people sell companies for millions of dollars based off nuggets that I give them. I got a buddy that just raised a million, million something dollars for a company. He's about to close ridiculous deals. And just, I just like helping people out. So I, I like dropping a couple of gems. Sometimes I have repeat customers that come over time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm always here. My DMs are over on Twitter. I'm good. Yeah, before we get into the next thing, I, I got to drop off. I'm going to let the party keep rolling. Right. Uh, but I did want to tell everybody uh, that this is uh, Ron and I's last episode on Breaking LinkedIn. I think we we did it. We accomplished the mission. They're going to keep it rolling. They have a bunch of guests that are going to be coming up. And uh, who knows, we'll make an appearance or two. But uh, first, I want to say thank you, Marcus. Uh, glad that you know this, this final episode for us was with you. And then also, thank you so much, Renee and Chris, uh, for bringing us along on this journey. We really appreciate it. And everybody out there, you know where to reach us. Yep. We when you have so a goal ready. and you just keep running past the finish line. I think that's what we did with this series. <laughs> that's what we did. We broke LinkedIn and we kept going. It was so good. We will miss you. With It won't be the same. And we're keeping your co-host spots available. So anytime you want to drop it and you have some time, yes. you can come back. But we'll we'll just keep the, the co-hosts rotating like all these other shows. They like the yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like All right, guys. Be good. All right, Chris. Thanks, Chris. All right. So next up. What do you think of the idea that the higher you get into leadership, the less technology matters? How do you best juggle be wanting to stay super, super, I'm, I'm, th- I'm assuming he's saying super technical versus moving into executive leadership and not being as deep anymore? Yeah, I think that, that um, the fundamentals will carry you throughout your whole career. Just understand how things work. Like You don't have to learn every program language on earth, but you just have to have a concept of how that works, uh, that can actually help you for budgetary reasons, like how long will some take to build? Um, so I would say know the fundamentals 
and you don't have to learn everything that's new on the, on the face of the planet uh, because not that much changes. Like even like, you know, if you're looking at the cloud and all this other stuff, many of the skills that I learned 20, 30 years ago in Linux uh, or, or Unix still apply to cloud stuff. And so it's just different implementations of the same stuff over and over again. So I don't think you have to remain super technical, but I think every manager, this manager managing technology should understand, have a sound, sound, sound understanding of how things are made, how things are built. Because uh, I think that uh, that's, I think that the, the best teams are going to have, your, your leaders are going to have that understanding. I'm not saying it's necessary. And sometimes people get, you know, upset at me because I say this. I think you should definitely have a technical, you don't have to have technical experience, but you need to know how it works. Yeah. And what are your views when it comes to um, having empathy for those below you? So if, because you've done it before, you understand the struggles that you're going through and then you're better able to guide them. Yeah. So, um, so having empathy, um, man, I, I read this really good book uh, on this. Um, there's two books. Um, sometimes, like, when you when you know a lot, uh, sometimes it's hard to empathize because you think that everything's easy. And uh, there's actually a term for it. Um, but it's usually applied in the wrong, the wrong context. But, Unconscious uh, but, competence, maybe? Uh, I think it's... I, 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 it's, it'll, it may come to me, but, but what happens is if something's easy for me to do, I think it's going to be easy for everybody else to do. Uh, and there's a term for that. Uh, and it's usually applied in, in, the, in, a, in an opposite way. It sometimes, if you think, you know, stuff, everybody else is, is an idiot. Right. <clears throat> so, um, but here's, here's the deal. Like empathy is like certainly being able to put yourself in anybody's shoes and, 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 the key part of it is being approachable from, from a leadership perspective. Are you approachable? Can people ask you a question? There's no such thing as a dumb question. And, and breaking that barrier on, look, sometimes people are, are, are scared for their job and their positions. Like, oh, I can't ask that question because they're going to think I'm an idiot now. I know what I'm doing. So it, it kind of goes, it kind of like as a, as a leader, you have to open yourself up to be, to be open to those things. Um, and so the, the best, one of the most powerful things that anybody can say is, I don't know. So your junior personnel under you, you need to let them know that, hey, it's okay not to know stuff, but, but we need to know how to find the answers. And so just focus on that. Let's focus on finding answers. You can ask me or you know where to get the answers from. You don't have to know everything. Uh, so there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. Funny enough, we're on LinkedIn. People talking about jobs and all that stuff all the time. There is no perfect candidate for any job. You, you're not going to know everything that you have to know. So uh, the key is getting in there and trying to, and grinding and learning as much as you can. I think it takes about six months for people to get their footing, no matter what their background is. And what's funny, if you have somebody that's highly motivated, in six months they might be better than somebody that had all this experience. So so take risk. I think that people need to take risk when it comes to hiring people, and and we need to get over this. You you know, you need to know all this stuff. You got to have 
50,000 years of experience and all this and all that. We need to get over that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think I think going back to kind of uh, building the foundations and being somewhat technical, we talk about this a lot, Marcus, but knowing how to Google stuff. Like if you are a leader and you might not know everything about a new technology, but if you can describe to your uh, your team or whoever it is, your mentee, for how to find the information that they're interested in, it goes a l very long way. Yeah, definitely. I, I tell people, and the more I learn, the better I'm at Google. <laughs> because I, because I'm, I'm, I'm able to search precise, to put precise things in there. So, hey, never stop learning. Like, even if you're a manager, you know, you, you learn about management books. Like, man, the amount of learning I did doing that company for six years was nuts. Uh, I learned everything. <laughs> I learned sales, marketing, and and I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. So it it was it was it was it was super cool running that. And I and and at my new spot, I'm a reliable quest now. I helped them out with a lot of stuff too. So it's a lot of stuff I learned there. So everything that you learn, there's no such thing as learning unnecessary information. I found in life, you're always able to repurpose your knowledge no matter what it is. Like I tried to do t-shirts when I lived up in Maryland. Uh, I did them on t-shirt line, right? And um, and I sold it at, the, at malls and, and, and at the Laurel Mall. Um, you know, <laughs> I, have, I have my shirts on, on consignment in the Laurel Mall and I was selling, selling t-shirts and I was designing them in Corel Draw. But years later, when I started a company, guess who had some of the most fire t-shirts? You know, <laughs> and that's that's how that's how life is. Like you never know. So what life is preparing you for? You you have this skill, and and you be able to use it again in the future. Mm -hmm. Such a good point. Christina, hey, shout out to Christina. That's my yeah. that's, that's, my, that's the homie. <laughs> she says, "Thankful to Christina Maria. Thank you for having. Thankful to have been part of the original tribe of hackers. And thank you, hi, and thank you to Marcus. So." Appreciate you, Christina. Another person out there helping people out. Christina works for Microsoft. She's mentoring a lot of people. Amazing person. Absolutely. Wonderful. You know, I think uh, one of the things that you don't talk about too often, Marcus, is, you know, your in interest in philosophy and stoicism and some of the books that you read that kind of help you with the mindset that allows you to tackle any and every problem. Yeah, so... Uh, it's funny because um, sometimes, you know, there's, there's some philosophy that your name determines your personality. And so Marcus uh, is is a, a derivative of Mars, right? And Mars was the god of war. And so I'm a very fiery, I can get amped up. So <laughs> so I don't know if it's because of my, my name, but I think there's some, some, some valid stuff behind that. But funny enough, uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, is one of the, the most famous Stoics. And um, and so Stoicism, man, I've been through some crazy stuff. I, have, I had a tough upbringing. And so, but I think that if you stick with it, um, you can you can achieve anything you want to achieve. And so that's what I, I, I didn't even know what Stoicism was. Uh, and so one of my buddies, I, I really, I've heard of before, oh, Stoic this, Stoic that, blah, blah, blah. So one of my good friends, shout out to Charles Gold. I don't know if you see this, but Charles was a mentor. Uh, he's a marketing guru. 
he works with a lot of marketing. He's a marketing expert. He sent me the Daily Stoic, which is a, is a mm. book. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, has a, it has every day, it's like a little journal kind of thing. Uh, you can do daily meditations. So some all kind of different people. So I love that. Uh, meditations is another really good book. Um, but yeah, so it's just at the end of the day, uh, I'm just trying to make people believe that, like, look, you can do whatever you want to do and just, just keep this really positive attitude and then you, you can conquer any goal you want to. And I'm, I'm living evidence of that. And so it's, it's, it's crazy that, and, um, and I see like when I look at Ron, like <laughs> Ron inspires me. Ron, like I said, knowing knowing this this kid, and he's he's a man now, <laughs> and, and seeing him grind, Always I'm like, wow. It's like it's a it's a feed it's a feedback loop, though. You feel me? Like because I tell Ron stuff, and Ron Ron implements stuff. Ron, and now it's like Ron tells me stuff, and I'm like, oh, stuff. All right, th- thank you very much. <laughs> so, and so there's this saying that you're going to be 20% better or worse than the people you hang around. And so pick the, pick good people to hang around. I'm not just talking about technical. I'm talking about morally. Like, you don't want to be hanging around dirtbags, you know? Mm-hmm. Hang around people that are, are go-getters and doing something. Hang around if you wanna if you wanna help people out. Hang around with people that help people out. If you wanna be technical, hang around with technical people. And so, if but if you wanna be a jerk, and know that hang around with jerks. That's easy, right? So, but that's it. You're gonna be twenty percent better or worse. So I'm trying to hang out with people that's doing amazing stuff. So you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and if if you hanging around with me, you know what I'm saying? I'm going. I'm gonna expect that. You know, you you trying to strive and you trying to win too. So, <clears throat> hey, let's win. There, scarcity is a myth, myth as well. So, scarcity is an absolute myth. So, there's plenty of this. There's plenty of financial information. Don't hoard information. Don't try to hoard finances because there's enough to go around. Absolutely. For sure, Jupiter relaxes. Stoicism and the art of war should be read to everyone in high school. Yeah, I agree. Marcus said, um, I don't know who wrote this I think one, that but... was uh, Christina. Oh, okay. She's grabbing your book. Okay, so Marcus, I'm trying to switch from GRC to engineering and cloud security. I'll grab your book. However, what do you recommend to build a skill set at home? Some examples, home labs, certification, any specific books? So if you're trying to do engineering and cloud security, I would just recommend, here's, here's what I recommend to everybody. You need to, I mean, first, it's definitely cloud. Create some Amazon accounts, build some little microservices, lock them down. Rinse, repeat. Scan them, make sure they're locked down. Understand all this, the tools that you can do to lock, down, uh, to lock down Amazon. And then I wouldn't do a home lab per se, but I would, and they have a lot of training too, by the way, <laughs> on how to do that, that stuff. So, I just recommend you just go into the cloud, try to build some some easy lightweight stuff. There's actually apps that you can deploy that you don't even have to learn how to code. You like you can you can get something ready to deploy, deploy it, lock it down, play around with all the different features that you can lock down stuff, uh, backing up stuff. There's a lot of different things that you can do uh, to learn how to do cloud engineering and security. So and 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 so the and also what I would say is. 
what I recommend people do, if you want to get into security, like what have have try to have a technical skill that you're really good at. So if you're good at networking, understand how to lock, lock a network down, right? If you're good at Windows administration, learn how to lock that Windows system down and do instant response on it. If you're good at Linux, learn how to lock down Linux. Those that's the gateway to get right into the game, right? Is to be able to master defending what you already know. Sometimes people, when they try to do stuff, they go in something left field. Like um, I was, I was talking to somebody uh, the other day. I'm into a lot of people, entrepreneurs. So entrepreneur was like, "Hey, I'm making a ton of money in the event space. Now I want to start a, a clothing company." And I'm like, "Why? Why are you doing a clothing company? That's like not your expertise. That's not your superpower." They would just like be like Spider Man saying he wants to fly like Superman, you know. So in in a in a in, in sports, and this is probably a hood saying P Y P, play your position. <laughs> so, so learn what you learn your superpower. Stand and stay in that lane. So I know some of y'all have nice cars. Y'all have lane assist on your cars. <laughs> Where if you try to get out of the lane, it'll like nudge you back over. <laughs> some people, some people need lane assist. <laughs> you know, I I've been listening to Gary Vee a lot, and he was like, "I stay in my lane real tight." <laughs> like, stay That's what I'm saying. Gary Vee, man. Gary Vee did do all the stuff. He launched a wine company, and he sold it in like a year or so. Like that's crazy because he's a he's the wine guy, and so. What do you know? Like I said, what's your superpower? If you don't have a superpower, you need you can ask your friend. If you don't know what your superpower is, ask your friends what what do you do better than anybody else? Also, I would recommend what do people constantly ask you to hook them up with? Hey, can you do this website for me? Or can you do it? Hey, it's always some it's always right there in your face if you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like Daniel. Daniel was able to kill, I mean, David and Goliath. Uh, David killed Goliath because he was an expert at the slingshot. That dude had, been, that dude had mad skills with the slingshot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was the only person that wasn't surprised when he, when he won, right? <laughs> what, is your, what is your slingshot? You know what I'm saying? What is your slingshot? And be able to wield that joker like crazy. So... Oh man, Marcus, you are amazing. There's so many com- there's a couple comments here that I will um say, but I know we have to wrap because it's noon Eastern over here. So Romy says, I normally recommend doing an audit on your friends or contacts to see who can impact positive and negative. So that's talking about being around the the closest people. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That one I think came from Ratish Pillai. And Philip says, build, secure, and break. Oh, and I would add one. I would add one more thing to what you said about anybody, you know, trying to break into the field, is do exactly what Marcus said. The the person that asked about um, about cloud, do exactly what Marcus said, and then put it on your resume. So you put, I created, I did this project. This is what I'm doing. You know, not as you know, full time experience, but it's work that you did. It's a project that you did, and that adds to the pivot of you going from the GRC role into the cloud role. One hundred percent. You don't have to. You don't have to do it every day, but you just have to know the knowledge to do it. There's some stuff I do once a year, right? <laughs> but I know how to do it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wow. Yep. Thank you so much for, for joining us, Marcus. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. It's been right. um, a learning experience for me, and it's been, it, it's just been amazing. So thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, folks, this will be the last version of Breaking LinkedIn with the co-host from Hacker Valley Studio. I'm crying inside, um, but we will have tons of co-hosts coming. We're still going to be here. They will come in, you know, when they're not using their superpowers to save the world, they will come in and, and bless us with their presence every once in a while. Right, Ron? That's 100%. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye. All right. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.